0: In this pre-fall sermon series that Dale, Kent, and I are working through, we are talking about the three dimensions of a spiritual life, looking at it through the lens of loving God, loving our neighbors, loving ourselves, and looking specifically at the practices, the things that we can do to participate in life in these three dimensions and today our scripture reading and the message that follows is on the practice of compassion so as you listen to the scripture reading listen for the words of compassion
1: This morning's readings are from Psalm 103 in the Common English Bible, as well as from John verses uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, again in the Common English Bible. The Lord works righteousness, does justice for all who are oppressed. God made his ways known to Moses made his deeds known to the Israelites. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, very patient and full of faithful love. God won't always play the judge. He won't be angry forever. He does not deal with us according to our sin or repay us according to our wrongdoing. Because as high as heaven is above the earth, that's how large God's faithful love is for those who honor him. As far as east is from west, that's how far God has removed our sin from us. Like a parent feels compassion for their children. That's how God feels compassion for those who honor him. Because God knows how we're made. God remembers we're just dust. And from the New Testament, And Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning he returned to the temple. All the people gathered around him. And he sat down and taught them. The legal experts and Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. Placing her in the center of the group, they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone women like this. What do you say? They said this to test him because they wanted a reason to bring an accusation against him. Jesus bent down and wrote on the ground with his finger. They continued to question him. So he stood up and replied, Whoever hasn't sinned, throw the first stone, should throw the first stone. Bending down again. He wrote on the ground. Those who heard him went away, one by one, beginning with the elders. Finally, only Jesus and the woman were left in the middle of the crowd. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Is there no one to condemn you? She said, No one, sir. Jesus said, neither do I c- condemn you. Go, and from now on, don't sin anymore. These are the words of precious scripture. Amen.
0: So a little secret about my own style of preaching is usually the sermon topic lands on something that I'm wrestling with, something that I'm trying to work through. <clears throat> uh, often it's something I'm feeling particularly upset by or distressed. And the process of writing the sermon is also a process of me talking myself into hope So that is what is going to happen today. (laughs) And as we go through the message today, think about a couple of questions. These are questions that have been on my mind all week. The first question is, given the state of the world today, do you think that we are Running out of compassion. The next question is Do you think compassion is a feeling or a behavior, an action? And the last question. Do you think that your own personality is fixed, set in the amount of compassion you are able to feel or to show? Well, what is compassion? I, of course, started with the dictionary, which it's a feeling of sympathy and a desire to help. But because we are also a people of the Word, I went to Scripture, and I pulled these two, Psalm 103 and John 8, together, because to me they talk to each other about compassion. They complement each other. The first one that we heard, Psalm 103, gives us a big picture of qualities of God. And then John 8 gives us a picture of the qualities of God in action. So in Psalm 103, what we hear about God is that God is like a compassionate parent, merciful, Patient, full of faithful love, who doesn't deal with us according to our sins or our wrongdoings, but instead loves us, and who does justice for all who are oppressed, and remembers where we come from and that we are all just dust. And in John 8, we get these qualities in action. And if you remember the story, we have Jesus, he's teaching in the midst of a crowd, and some religious leaders bring a woman to him, and they have found this woman caught in the act of adultery, of being unfaithful. And they are within their rights in the law to stone her. And they want to know what Jesus is going to say that they should do. But Jesus, who has these qualities of compassion, does not deal with her according to her sin. But instead deals with her in love. And part of why I think these two talk to to each other is something that you won't necessarily find in the scholarly literature. I'm going to confess that I thought it up. But Jesus is writing on the ground. This is very mysterious. It doesn't say what he's writing. They bring this woman and he bends over and he writes in the dirt with his finger. And that touching of the dirt makes me think of dust. Does it kick up a little cloud of dust? Is this a reminder that we each are all dust? That each of the religious leaders that have brought this woman forward and the woman herself are each dust? And therefore, to be dealt with with love and compassion. And what Jesus does is asks everyone to take a look at their own sin. If they're going to condemn her, well, look inside first. And who is without sin? Well, nobody. So there's nobody there to throw the first stone. They fade out slowly. Jesus has dealt with her, with love, with compassion, merciful. So if we look at the three questions again, are we running out of compassion? Is compassion a feeling or or a behavior or or both? And do you think your own personality is fixed in the amount of compassion That you can either feel or show well in puzzling through this I came across research that shows that you can actually train yourself to be more compassionate compassion turns out to be like a muscle that you can train we've all had things that we've had to work on to improve Maybe you're a musician. Maybe you've played a sport. Maybe you have had a health setback and had to go through physical therapy or occupational therapy and had to work to improve a skill. Something that you have had to be disciplined in in order to improve on. And it turns out that compassion and altruism, acting with compassion, are not fixed but can be cultivated with training and practice. There was a 2013 study that came out of the University of Wisconsin-Madison that showed this. And what they did is they took a control group and a compassion group, and they had them each meditate for two weeks, 30 minutes a day, and the control group got some kind of basic meditation. And the compassion group got a very specific compassion meditation, where they went through praying, well, meditating, that each, that certain groups would be freed from suffering. And they went through a pattern where they meditated that they themselves would be freed from suffering, that a loved one would be freed from suffering, that a stranger or a neutral person would be freed from suffering, and that a difficult person in their own lives would be freed from suffering. They did this for 30 minutes a day for just two weeks. And in two weeks, people began to change their emotional responses to instances of suffering and other things that might need a compassionate response. And then the researchers did a follow-up with them where they had the participants play a simulated game where there was a dictator who was giving out money unfairly and they had a choice about how to respond and they could react in a way that would balance it out so that it would be no longer an unfair situation. And the people who had been meditating were much more likely, meditating on compassion, were much more likely to behave in a way that was altruistic, to give money to correct the situation. And then they did scans of their brains, MRI scans, and their brains were literally changing just in two weeks in the areas of emotional response and posit- emotional regulation and positive emotional response. Their brains were changed to respond more compassionately this meditation so their behavior was changed and their emotions their emotional responses were changed just two weeks and i found this very hopeful because if you can take a group of people for two weeks and train them to meditate and increase their compassion then compassion is not finite it's not fixed the amount of compassion in the world We can literally grow it. We can make more compassion. We can literally train ourselves to add more compassion to the world. Why would we want to do this? I mean, in some ways, that's an obvious question. But as disciples, we'll go to Scripture And Paul in 2 Corinthians says that God is like a compassionate father. God is a God of all comfort and he is the one who comforts us in all our trouble so that we can comfort other people who are in every kind of trouble. So God sent Jesus Christ to us to comfort us so that We may comfort other people who are in trouble. I chose the scripture from John 8 on purpose to look at compassion because. We have a lot of stories of Jesus showing compassion in the Gospels, but a lot of times what we see is compassion towards someone who is ill, someone who has been blind or who's been deaf or who suffers from what we would interpret as some kind of mental disturbance. And looking back from the distance of 2,000 years, it's, it's easy for us with our modern lens to interpret those as obviously issues that need compassion. Compassion. Even though at in Jesus' time people who had those kinds of things were suffering from those kinds of things were often looked upon as sinners, like they brought it on themselves. We as with our modern brains look back and say, Oh, well, we know that people don't create their own blindness or their own illness. But we still would say, most of us would say adultery is bad. We wouldn't say it's a sin necessarily, some of you. We wouldn't say people should be stoned for it, but we would still say, hey, that's a bad thing to do. And yet Jesus looks with compassion on this woman and her situation. He comforts her and sends her off with the command to sin no more. We have been comforted so that we can comfort others. If you are interested in training your compassion muscle, you can very easily find the exact meditation that these participants listen to. It is on the internet if you Google compassion meditation university of wisconsin you'll find it in fact i did um a little deep internet dive to as i'm doing the research and i found the the doctor who did the um the study and she is no longer in wisconsin she's at UCSF. and i emailed her to say hey i'm gonna be preaching about your thing (laughs) she emailed me back that was nice (laughs) Um, and i actually asked her do you have any specific christian meditations have you come across in your research and she hadn't and she sent me some other resources um because they definitely secularized this meditation and it was it was drawn from um, buddhist meditation um and there's also this what's the difference between meditation and prayer i don't know That will be my next puzzle my next sermon is on meditation specifically i don't know if there is a difference i think sometimes we use the word meditation when we really mean prayer because it's more comfortable in this time and this place to say i'm going to meditate than it is to say i'm going to go pray but there are lots of versions of this compassion meditation which i'm going to now treat as a prayer You can find them, but it's really very simple. You set aside some time intentionally to sit down quietly. And you invite the Holy Spirit in. And then you pray for yourself. You pray that you may be free from anxiety, from hatred, from anger, and filled with God's compassion, and freed from suffering. And then you bring to mind someone that you love, and you pray that that someone that you love will be free from anxiety, from hatred, from anger, and filled with God's compassion, and freed from suffering. And then you bring to mind a stranger or someone that's neutral to you, you, that you don't have strong feelings about either way, or a group of people, and you pray that they may be freed from anxiety, from hatred, from anger, and filled with God's compassion, and freed from suffering. And then the last one is that you bring to mind a person who is difficult for you, for whatever reason someone in your life that presents a challenge to you, someone in the news, I don't know who, a driver that cuts you off in traffic, someone that's difficult. And you pray that that person may be free from anxiety, from hatred, from anger, and filled with God's compassion, and freed from suffering. And if 30 minutes a day even for two weeks, maybe seems too much. Then maybe one minute. One minute is better than no minutes. Maybe two minutes. Maybe you just set the timer in the kitchen or on your cell phone and you agree with yourself and God that you're going to sit down for one minute and breathe in and out, and you can't remember that whole thing I just said, So you breathe in and out just on compassion, which is perhaps another word for God. Breathe in and out, compassion. I think as disciples, our call is to be disciplined, to follow in the way of Christ, to grow in our likeness of Christ. And that includes his compassion. And it is possible to grow in our compassion. It's not just the way we feel and it's all set up for us already. We can literally change our brains and our own behavior. And if each of us do that, we will each be adding that much more compassion to the community around us as we go out these doors. And we are called to grow in our compassion because we receive comfort so that we may comfort others. Would you please this morning join your hearts with me in prayer? God of all comfort, God of compassion, you who do not deal with us according to our sins, but according to your abundant love, we pray that each of us today. Individually, may be free from anxiety, free from hatred, free from anger, and filled with your compassion and freed from suffering. Each of us in this room has people that we love dearly, and we pray that our loved ones may be free from anxiety. Free from hatred, free from anger, filled with your compassion, and freed from suffering. There are people outside the walls of this church who are strangers to us still, who are not yet friends, and we pray that they may be free from anxiety, free from hatred, free from anger. Filled with your compassion and freed from suffering. And each of us have people in our lives who are difficult for us. Even with our good hearts and our strong desire to do your will, we have people that challenge us. And we pray that those challenging people may be free from anxiety, free from hatred free from anger, filled with your compassion, and freed from suffering. We pray all this in gratitude that you sent Jesus Christ to comfort us. We pray that you give us the courage and the strength and the discipline to be a comfort to others. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.